0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Break the Cycle. With me your host, Joshua Smith. Hope everyone's having a wonderful what is it? Is it Tuesday? Oh man, my days are so messed up. As most of you guys know, I just got back from Disney World. We didn't have any live shows while I was gone, but I did was able to record three shows for you guys to get out last week um I I meant to have more. I did one with Drew Hancock. It was a great show, but for some reason I only recorded 9 minutes of the show unfortunately. So we're going to do a makeup show, I believe next Tuesday. Uh I'll have him back on the show to make that make up for that. Great trip. The kids are are ecstatic. I'm exhausted. I got blisters on blisters. I haven't done that much walking in I don't know a decade probably. Uh so definitely lost some weight and uh put a lot of pressure on my feet. Of course, we got a great show for you guys tonight. Let's start off with some sponsors. We'll start off with uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Top Lobster, my good friend and partner on Break the Cycle, uh, where you can get all kinds of great custom hand-drawn graphic image hoodies, hats, t-shirts, backpacks, uh, all kinds of great stuff, including the Scott Horton and the Wars hoodie that you see me wearing tonight by using BTC at checkout for a 10% discount, or you can go over to the Patreon Subscribestar or become a member of this here YouTube channel under all of my videos. and uh, and you can get into the private Discord server where you can get all of his new gear up to two weeks before it goes out to the general public at like a 30% discount. Great stuff. And, of course, executive producers of the show, AnthemPlanning.com for all your emergency and crisis Planning needs. Check them out today. See what they can do for your business, home, or personal life. They're doing a wonderful job that the government has historically sucked at much cheaper and much more efficiently. Seriously, if you guys own a business, go check them out as soon as the show's over. I promise you, they're going to make your life a lot easier and uh, probably save you some money as well. Uh, guys, we got an awesome show for you tonight. I'm very, very excited. Uh, I've been trying not to fanboy for a couple weeks over this because I'm a huge Golden State Warriors fan. Uh, and in 2015, I was given my first chance to watch my team uh, win the championship. He's a basketball legend and an avid, uh, avid uh, uh, speaker against the COVID tyr- tyranny regime. He is Mr. Andrew Bogut. Sure, how are you doing today?
1: Not too bad. Thanks for having me. Yeah,
0: of course, man. I'm, I'm stoked to have you on. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, I get big time by a lot of people out there. So I was stoked that you didn't big time me, and your your uh, your your assistant got back to me pretty timely. But um, let's start off talking about your uh, your basketball career, man. So uh, aside from being seven feet tall, uh, what was it, man, that that really got you into basketball, and why did you want to start playing?
1: Oh, look, I just fell in love the game at an early age. Um, most people think it was height related. Um, you know, you're big, so you're just going to play basketball. But um, it was. A sport that I just grew to love um, in Australia in the '90s. Um, we'd get one or two NBA games a week, if that. And um, our league here in, in Australia, the NBL was really surging and doing well. And just watched a lot of it on TV and ended up just loving the game. So um, yeah, I just put put a lot of time and effort into to that craft, and it all kind of worked out at the end. Sure, sure, yeah, absolutely. And uh, man,
0: so you you were draft you were originally on the box, right? in in the nba and uh i know there's a lot of i got a lot of bucks fans that that watch the show obviously i'm not i'm not from milwaukee i'm from uh antioch california right outside of oakland so i grew up a golden state warriors fan man but what would it feel like to win the championship dude i just got to know i never got to ask somebody who won a championship man
1: oh i mean in the nba it's um it's just so hard to do and i think every year there's only there's realistically three or four teams that have a genuine chance in my opinion every year um I don't think we were one of those teams going into that season predicted to be a championship winner. Um, so that made it even more surreal, but yeah, I mean, when you think about it, 30 teams in the NBA and there's only a select group of 15 players a season, they get to do that. And look, most teams usually end up repeating or getting two or three per decade that are decent teams like the Warriors. They got, you know, three in that decade. Um, and you'll be forever in history. So you're, you're in a unique club of, of players that have a championship ring, and there's some greats out there that have played many years that don't don't have that um, privilege of having a championship ring. So be part of that, understanding what it took, understanding that at times you're going to have to play a different role, at times you're going to have to play more, play less, um, injuries, you know, all that. How we kind of bounce back from all those scenarios to, I guess, for the, for the greater good of the team to win a championship. Is, is what I really remember Because there's a lot of NBA teams That preach that mantra um, But, you know, there's only a few That really do it um, Because, you know, unfortunately Selfishness and stats And contracts come in the way But that Warriors team Was one of the few Where most of our guys Were settled on decent contracts Everyone was kind of comfortable Everyone understood their role And, you know, we had the success To, to get a ring
0: Sure, sure You're also part of the team That uh, got the, the, the record-breaking 73 wins, man I got I got the, uh, the hat to, to commemorate. You know, it's a nice it's a really nice hat. It's a little small. I mean, I got a giant head, but uh uh I mean who, who are some of your favorite players to play with on, on the goal on the Warriors during those years?
1: Um I mean one of my favorite teammates was Harrison Barnes. He was um just just from a friendship point of view, um a, a really good guy to you know really similar sense of humor to myself, kinda of sarcastic, dry. Um and we, you know, we would we would be pretty well read on world issues, so we'd have some pretty good and heated debates, um, which is frowned upon these days. You yeah. know, it was just the beauty of, we, we disagreed on on a fair few things and, and we could have debates as adults and friends and teammates and, and not end up wanting to kill each other, um, which is great. And I think that's how that's how adults should behave, but we don't see that very much these days. Um, I, I mean, everyone was different in their own way. You know, we had a poker group on the plane that played poker. It was myself, Steph, Steph Curry, uh, Clay Thompson, and, and Draymond Green generally would play poker every flight. So, they were a fun group with just all different personalities, so um, it was fun, man. Every guy kind of had something different or quirky about themselves. And um, Leandro Barbosa, Brazilian, like just the life of the party, always, always making people laugh. So there's there's a bunch of different guys, though.
0: Yeah, it was a it was a great team to watch, and you could tell the chemistry was really great, especially in 2015. And um, yeah, I'm a huge Draymond fan too. Uh, but did, did, were people scared to get around him on the court? <laughs>
1: Um, yeah, I mean, look, he's, he's, he is who he is. That, that was, you know, Draymond journey has been an unbelievable one in itself. You know, um, he was, he'll be the first to tell you he was almost out of the league, you know, uh, trying to find a role and figure out who he was. And then obviously, you know, um, his role under Steve Steve grew, and he ended up being, you know, what he's going to go down probably in the hall of fame, um, with, with his body of work and yeah, he's, he's a, he's a fiery guy. So he's, he's very similar on the court, off the court, but obviously, uh, A guy that um at times is misunderstood but what i like about him is he doesn't care about that so he um he'll continue to be himself and whatever people say they say
0: sure sure so uh, it it was pretty cool for me i you know i I saw a video you talking uh, about the 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 tyranny and specifically it was the uh you know these these um stars being paid to to speak in favor of you know the, the science trademarked and and all this stuff and um I, I just remember thinking, "Wow, this is you know a guy that I love to watch play in the NBA, speaking out." And then there's there seems to be more NBA players. In fact, in fact, it seems to be a lot more uh, prevalent in the NBA that people are speaking out against mandatory vaccines and stuff like that, which is which is great to see. But um, I mean, when did you realize that a lot of this stuff was you know not just bullshit, but that um, you know people were being used to push this narrative?
1: Um, well, look, we were part of, uh, in 2020 in, let's get back to April, right when this hit Australia. Um, I was still playing basketball at that point. It was my last season here in Australia, um, in the NBL. And we were in the middle of a grand final series. So it was a five game series. It was the finals of the NBL and it was the way it works in Australia is you have one home game, one road game, one home game, one road game, one home game. So you travel every other game. And, um, we just lost at home we lost game three at home. So we were down two one, and we we're supposed to travel back to Perth, which is a four and a half hour flight, five hour flight at the best of times. And a lot of our guys were concerned because it all, it all just blew up that we like the week leading into the grand final it blew up. We we're kind of treading water. We didn't have fans of the game. And then we had a team meeting and, um, we basically voted not to, we, we, we basically as a team and coaching staff voted not to play on in the series. Um, and it was controversial at the time. We got a lot of shit saying, "Oh, we've taken the easy way out because we're down 2 one." But we had a lot of guys in that room that were um, from the US um, that were scared about not being able to get back in the US if they close the borders. We had a lot of people that were scared of the virus because of the unknowns. Yeah. And I was probably I was probably somewhat in that camp because it was an unknown. We've never I've never been through something like this in my lifetime. So I understood the severity of the situation at that point. We didn't know much about it, right? So at the start of all this, um, I understood the strategy behind, you know, social distancing, the lockdown, you know, April, May, June, July, maybe. Right. And then you start seeing the double standards around it. And that's when I started to question things. I'm like, hang on a second. So I can do X, Y, Z, um, but I can't do ABC when it's the same thing. And, you know, we have all, we all have countless examples of the hypocrisy. It's like, it's like the mask wearing that they've pushed so much. Um, and I've got no problem with people wear masks, but from a hygiene point of view, it's not hygiene because people are taking it off and they're putting it in their pocket or they're putting it in their bag or their car. They put it back on when they have to, so they don't get shamed and they take it off again and they're touching things and they're scratching their face. It's like, you know, these, these mask mandates for healthcare workers are, as soon as you take it off, you're supposed to throw it in the bin and get a new one out of the wrapper. You're not supposed to wear a cloth or material one. Right. Um, so that was, that was some double standards I started seeing. And I'm like, this just doesn't make sense logically. Like it's, most of it is theatrics. Um, and that's when I started to really think like, hang on a second, what the hell's going on here now? Um, it's just something I had to speak out about. I, um, I kept quiet for the most part for 2020. I didn't really say a whole lot about it. Said a little bit mainly pushed back against lockdowns because I am a firm believer that the lockdowns, um, so my home, my home, uh, state home city, Melbourne, Victoria's they're the, they've had the longest lockdown total days in the world. Um, even when they were out of lockdown, so let's say I will come out of lockdown, they still had heavy restrictions. So in my book, they weren't weren't out of lockdown really for the last 18 months. Cause even when they came out, they still couldn't visit family members. They still couldn't blah, blah, blah. So my argument has been that I think the lockdowns outside of this virus are going to have a much more detrimental effect to society. Um, And I've countless examples of that. There's mental health, there's suicide rate. There's kids missing whole years of education. There's kids development, um, that are, are severely hindered because all they do is see people in masks, you know, a young kid at three, four, five, they, they, they gather a lot of their Intel in their, in their small little brains from facial expressions. They don't see that. Um, I don't have a study to cite. I heard this, uh, I read this uh, the other day, but the IQ level, apparently on, on children, young, young kids has dropped a full point, um, uh, in 2020. 2021 because of the mask, the mask mandate at schools because they're not really learning um, and interacting socially the way they sh- they, sh- they would normally with everything everything normal right. Um, so just just reading things like that, but like yeah, like I said, countless examples. Old people, old people missing their um, their yearly medical screenings. I know I've got friends that have elderly parents that. Going to the hospital is an ordeal now. You got to you, you got to check in on the QR code. You got to do the COVID test at some hospitals, and some of these older people don't even have phones, and they're just like, you know what? I'll just delay it for a year till this virus is over. So now they've done that for two years. So let's say next year they go, they finally get that appointment, and it's like, oh, you, you've got you've got something that's now severe. If we picked this up six months ago, you'd be you'd be all right. <laughs> that, that's another example. Um, people losing businesses, small businesses are just in Melbourne, Victoria, are, are, are depleted. Like they're in huge, huge trouble. It's a heavy, Melbourne, for those that don't know, I equate it somewhat to New York. It's a heavy restaurant cafe culture scene. That's what the city's based on. The weather's not fantastic. So it's all that getting out, having a coffee or a drink with your friends and eating at nice restaurants. Decimated, right? So then you've got the effects of that. Then families losing their their houses because of their mortgages. And it just, the list goes on and on and on. So I'm looking at all those things and I'm like, we're putting all that aside and just keeping that quiet. All for case numbers, case, 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 case numbers. And that's where, where it really frustrated me. And, you know, I mean, long story short, um, I ended up putting that video out just saying that, you know, I got offered to do one of those stay at home, do the right thing messages. And I just didn't sit well with me. And I said, no
0: yeah it's it's pretty crazy and it's and like to think about you know to think about you getting that offer and then how many people probably got that same offer you know it's it and then and then you see all these these uh you know it was in the beginning especially in 2020 i'd see famous people like i don't know brad pitt or something come out and talk about how hey we're all in this together and we're staying home you can stay home too and i'm like well Motherf- you motherfucker you got a basketball court in your home you know what i mean you got, a, got an olympic size <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know that's so. the exact reason why i,
1: didn't, I didn't feel comfortable doing it because i'm like you know, doing this message while I'm looking out my window at a pool and a nice yard and a nice house, you know, that most people could only dream of, um, not, not trying to sound arrogant, sure. but it's, it's fact. And I'm going to tell a dude in a two bedroom unit with three kids, like, Hey man, stay, stay inside. Don't leave your house 23 hours a day. Like, nah, it's not, it's not right. So I just, I just couldn't do it. And, um, the more I thought about it, you know, it, it really was, it just really was frustrating. And, and to your point around people being paid, I think there's for a few people being paid. I think it'd be over half. I think there's a lot of people that aren't being paid that are doing it because it's their political team or they're doing it because of their social circle or they're doing it because the job they're currently in, um, it's kind of, you know, pr- you know, a positive thing to do. They could be out of contract, blah, 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 blah. So there's a lot of other factors than just a hard cash transaction, which is the basis, you know, probably the, the higher percentage of people, but there's a lot of people also that are doing it because it's the right thing to say, um, and they don't truly fully believe what they're saying, they're just saying it publicly because my social circle is going to shun me if I don't toe the line completely, right? Sure,
0: yeah, absolutely. And and uh, getting back on the the the, the talk about masks is, is really it's funny because we just spent uh, you know, we spent six days well, it was six park days, so we did like five days at Walt Disney World and one day at uh, Universal Studios in Florida, where there is no mask mandate anymore, you don't have to wear masks, you can go into full you know, restaurants are full capacity, but Disney. Uh, specifically still requires that every time you're indoors, you have to wear a mask. And so, you know, we would try to keep it under our nose. And, you know, and they won't even give you the pictures of you on rides. Like if you're paying for the picture package, they won't give you the pictures of the ride if your mask has slid down under your nose. So we didn't get a bunch of pictures because we're riding around with them under our nose. Um, But we've seen people put them on that their masks were like black. It was terrible, like dis- yeah. disgusting. And I'm like, that. You really think that that's safer for you to wear this this mask that is turning black? Uh, it's just, it's horrible. And the and the yeah, I mean the 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 children, the child thing is just insane to me. I mean, you, we're gonna have a whole generation of kids that can't pick up on social cues whatsoever because they've had all of their faces hidden for uh, two years. You know. <laughs> It's, it blows my mind man and then and then I mean so so uh my my fiance who's in the chat right now talking about she actually uh cheerleaded at um, one of Harrison Barnes's uh, 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 high school team uh, I don't know tournaments or something. Uh but um, okay. she's got a nephew who's get, who just got dr- who just got a full ride scholarship to uh Notre Dame to play tied in for Notre Dame next year after this final season. But I mean, do you think that this is going to affect pro sports too? I mean, that you know, the, there was a whole year where kids couldn't play, you know, that they they shut down college games, the the, the pros were, you know, hit or miss. I mean, do you think this is going to have a huge ripple effect on on pro sports? <laughs>
1: I think, I think it will a little bit. Um, What's really going to affect is the kids. I, I was thinking about this the other day. So you take Melbourne, Victoria, for example. So they've been in pretty much a lockdown for two years. Um, children's sport pretty much hasn't functioned for those two years or these 18 months. My, my thought is if, so imagine you're a kid that's like in the prime of their, their development jump to college or the pros. So you're 14, 15, right? <clears throat> it's probably your most vital year or two to make that jump as a professional. you just lost it all right. gone. Right. So if that was me, um, I made my biggest jump probably from 15 to 17. I'd be screwed. Like I missed two years of basketball. Like I'm not, I'm probably not making the pros. Like I said, that's a, that's a big amount of, of, of time um, that you haven't got game experience and training and a daily grind that you've just lost out of the window. You can't replace that. So I think it will affect, those kids that's what i feel bad for but basically if, if you're 12 to 17 during the pandemic you're in some trouble um and yeah you can do other things but you can't replace games and travel and culture and camaraderie and learning wins and losses you can't replace that with, with, with training in the backyard um so i think it will be affected um and i think i just feel bad for those kids that that basically have had had their careers potentially taken out from under under them without but I didn't do anything wrong.
0: Sure, yeah, absolutely. So, so I've been to Australia one time. I, I was in Perth, Australia. I was a Navy guy, you know, and it was like one of our last ports after spending six months in the Persian Gulf or some. Had a blast. I love Australia. I mean, it was one of the most laid back cultures I've ever met, like seen in my life. Everyone was super chill. Everyone just wanted to have a good time. Um, I feel like you know, Australia. We're in in America, in the U.S. We're watching Australia and cringing, but that shit's creeping over here too. You know what I mean? Uh, they 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 if. If they could get away with the same things they're doing there, they would 100%. And I think more and more uh, as time goes on, they're able to do so. Um, But I mean, what is it? What is it? You know, what are are some of the things as as, uh, um, Americans that we may not understand that's going on in Australia right now with this whole COVID regime stuff?
1: Oh, it's just—it's just the rules that the there's just so much rules coming out every day. Like the if you if you go on the government websites here in Australia and, and, and print out the rules that they have, you you know it's it's a week's worth of reading. Um, so then you're expecting people to remember all these things. You're expecting businesses to just change on the whim. Oh, we're at ten density limit now. Ten density limit for per square meter age for people. Now we're at forty. Oh, now we're back down to twenty. Now we're at. You know, um, it just, I mean, they did it, they did a snap lockdown. The last lockdown Melbourne was in was, I think it started in August. They did a snap lockdown on a Thursday. They announced it at 5.00 (laughs) PM. said the lockdown starting, starting at 8.00 PM, they gave people three hours notice to get home from work. And like, this is including like a stay at home orders, right? So, um, they're pretty gung ho. Look, there was a lot of protests going on, which is, which which were banned (laughs) funnily enough, um, we had you know, police. Look, some of these protesters, a minority of them were antagonists. There's no doubt about it. And it's a small, small percentage, right? It's usually 1% or 2%, 3% of people maybe are, are probably, you know, throwing things and whatever and antagonizing. But the cops just at, at times just went gung-ho with anyone at that protest. And there's the, the famous vision that went around the world with protesters running away and getting shot by rubber bullets, right. you know, and it's, it's gone to that point. And in, in Victoria, at least the police force right now is, is an arm of the labor government. Um, they're not, they're not, they're not supposed to be political, but it's clear as day there. Um, and I don't blame the police, you know, because they're, they're in a real tough spot. There was, there was some other famous vision of a, of a protester basically asking a cop saying, why are you doing this? Why are you standing up for this? And the cop basically said, I have no other skills. This is it. I, don't, I, don't, I can't get, I can't get another job. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trained to do this. I'm sorry, but I, this is what I have to do to put food on the, on the family for my table, and I get that. That's, you know, the, the people that blame here are, are the government one, um, because you don't realise, at least in Australia, we're one of the most overgoverned countries in the world. We have laws and legislations for every little thing. You want to cut a tree down in your backyard, you got a, you, you got a feeling. 10 lots of paperwork and meet with these people and meet with th- those people and, and check the significance of the tree. You know, um, yes. even if it's, an un- even if it's an unsafe tree is going to fall on your roof, right? That's just where we are in Australia. You get fined for everything. There's a fine for every single thing you do. So we're, we're already over legislated as it is, but you realize how much the government, at least in Victoria and, and Australia, uh, Victoria for the most part, they have their tentacles and everything. And that's why we're seeing now with these these um vaccine mandates, why they're so strict. Because they've got they've got their tentacles. They're basically saying, "Hey, we're allowing your industry or your business to be open with within these you know uh, coronavirus restrictions. You better toe the line. You better make sure your employees are double vaxxed by X state You better be as an owner. Blah 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 blah. And if you don't, they just pull. They just pull. You're all of a sudden not an essential service or an essential job. You know. So they they've done that, but who I really blame is, is, mo- is, is most, uh, it's not a majority, but it's a fair few. It's the people that are supporting it. That's right. what I, that's why I blame. Um, you've got the government implementing rules. One thing, you know, Australians generally aren't, um, a culture that's gonna push back and, and cause issues, um, against government period. They just never have, never have done that. Um, if you've got for, for sport on the TV in the weekend and they're and the fridge is full of beer, they're fine. Um, but I blame the people that are, cheering that on, you know, those people that was saying that, you know, the protesters should be basically shot, right? Um, they should be, they should be physically handled. Um, and there's, that's, they're the people that I'm like, no, I don't, I don't roll with that. Um, and, and then these are the same people that were okay with BLM, um, and, and other, other political, uh, protests that happened, uh, mid last year through the pandemic. Um, they were fine with those, Um, I'm okay with protest period, but you gotta, you gotta then allow protests that are against what you believe and for what you believe. Um, if that's the way you're going, right. But yeah, I kind of blame those people. I think the hypocritical, and I think it's just the divide in our community here in Australia, I've never seen, I've never seen more of a divide between, you know, are you vaxxed or are you not vaxxed? And are you pro, are you anti? And it's like, there's no in between most of the people sit in between. Most of the people are in between, they're not, they're not fully pro. They're not anti. They're just asking some questions, and then one side labels them straight away, and that's a divide that can't be sustained. It's just going to continue to cause issues in our society.
0: Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, and I've I've made the statement more than once on on Twitter, especially that I'd I'd be willing to cha- trade the entire state of New York or the entire state of California just for the construction workers in in Australia that are willing to uh, have showed a pendent for fighting the police. But I I, I uh, you know I, I mean is there is there any kind of um, Movement towards mass non-compliance. I mean, we're watching on, you know, on online these construction workers start to fight the unions and, and uh, you know, willing to have these fistfights with the police in the the streets. But I mean, is it is it a growing movement there? Do you think that that it's something that could happen in Australia?
1: Uh, I'm I'm not confident in that. I mean, I I think the protests. I think it's one thing protesting and, and, and actually just walking down the middle of the street protesting. I don't think that's going to accomplish much, period, for any cause, um, right. walking down a street. Um, I don't condone violence, but I think the protests <clears throat> somewhat need to, you know, you need to make these politicians feel some heat. So, you know, whether it's you protesting outside of Parliament and locking them in Parliament chambers until, <laughs> you know, someone comes out at least. I don't know. I'm making this up, right? But I don't condone violence. I just want to be clear on that um because that never ends well but yeah the, the, as far as walking down a street which is why i never understood why the police wouldn't just let these people just caught them off the street the, the streets side streets let them do their march and then it's done they go home <laughs> like but at times police were actually confronting them and then that that created a bit of a uh heated moment and then then violence kind of ensued and i think both sides were, were, were to blame uh, for that but yeah, I don't. I don't think it'll happen in Australia. I don't think. Um, I don't think people here will will um, stand up um, as as far as what what's needed to be done. But it's 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 hard, man. Like it's at the end of the day, everyone refers back to themselves and being selfish. That's human nature, right? So it comes back to like, I've got a mortgage. I need to put food on the table for kids. I've got school kids' fees. I've got a car to pay for. Let me just worry about me. And the government knows that. The government knows that the people just you know, you're not going to get a mass amount of people uniting to that extent. Um, we are seeing a little bit more people here, you know, they've got the um, the mandates now to, to, to go into certain stores and whatnot in certain states um, that you got to show your Vax Passport. It hasn't been fully implemented. They're doing like a little mini trial to see how it goes. And there's a lot of people, there's a lot of businesses that are, you know, their employees are vaccinated, but are pushing back against the Vax Passport because they can, they can understand there's a difference between the two, right? Um, where most, most of these, ardent supporters on either side can't understand why vax passports are a bad thing you can be you can be double vaccinated and still be against vax passports they're the people that i really like because right. you know they've, they've taken their vaccine they've made a decision but they understand the notifications of, of a vaccination passport it's going to alienate um some people that that chose not to get the the vaccination
0: yeah absolutely and and and, and, and as a society here in the u.s and uh, already starting in Israel. I mean, even people who are double vaccinated are considered not vaccinated at this point. I mean, it's, it's really insane. You know, they're moving towards this, this, uh, constant booster and it's like, wh- where does it end? You know what I mean? And, and, um, it's- well, just read
1: six months. Right. So I just read just before I got on the call with you, I just read in Australia. Cause they're doing that here in, in Victoria is going real strict. He's trying to say that for all you unvaccinated that are trying to, out uh, just wait out, you know, these mandates and then it'll all open up for everyone. We've got news for you. There's going to be boosters. So I was I, was, I read an article saying that yeah, you know, people that have been double vaccinated, it's a six months. It lasts for six months max. This is according to some 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 doctors and scientists around the world, right? So then my question will be, yeah, the boosters are going to be part of your vaccine passport. It's clear as day what they're doing, but people people are like, no, nah, I'm just going to do these two and then I'm fine. It's like, no, I don't think you are, um, because then after those two after those those two shots wear out after six months, you're back in the unvaccinated pool. Um, so then, then you're going to have to do something to maintain your passport. So it's clear as day what's happening. A lot of people don't don't believe it or don't see it, but I'm 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 old enough to uh, to remember that before this all started, that um, Vax passports were a conspiracy theory. You oh, know, yeah. In early 2000, early 2020, they were a heavy conspiracy theory, and they were tin hat wearers that was broken this shit and you know go back to your rabbit hole. And, and now we've gone two years forward, and now those same people are saying. Well it's what you should do for the community. That's that's perfectly fine. <laughs> it's all, like, right. all right, cool
0: yeah it's it's really it's bizarre how fast we're going from conspiracy theories to fact I mean it seems like every other week you know at this point especially in the u s we you know we i mean they even went as far as to uh, saying that the the um you know the Pentagon had actually worked on creating some kind of chip they could put under your skin that can uh uh would constantly be checking you for covid and it's like it's like you know if I had said that a year ago everyone would have that would have been kicked off youtube you know what I mean and then they actually did it and it's it's like this is insane to me. And then, the, you know, the, the whole magnet thing about the, the vaccines and then, the, you know, Japan pulls 2.5 million doses of it because they find some kind of magnetic reactive thing. I and mean, it's just it's just constantly happening. There's always something uh, coming up that we were told we were conspiracy theorists for that is now just fact and everyone just deals with. And is like, no, but that's, you know, that's all part of it. It's cool. It's the science TM, right? Um, but there, there yeah, does Then
1: they wonder why. Oh, good, Just to finish that point off. Then they wonder why people go down these rabbit holes, right? Right. Like, like, yeah, some people go down that rabbit hole way too far and they go like, you know, M- MK ultra, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, whatever it is, the Luminati like, or the full on, you know, like down the rabbit hole. And, and like, I don't, you don't, know, you don't agree with it, but you kind of see how people end up in that position because, you know, they might, they might've been that person two years ago that said, you know, they're injecting us with microchips and then all of a sudden yeah, <laughs> releases that, yeah. that statement. They're like, See, I was right. And I'm going to keep digging in this rabbit hole. And then they get even further into some even like some wacky shit, right? That's probably like way crazier. And you're like, you can understand how I can understand how people go down that route. I'm not agreeing with it, but I can, you're basically pushing people to go, you know, they've confirmed a bit of their, some of the crazy conspiracies that were labeled two years ago and now being put in mainstream print. So like it's just it's just always a funny one to me, and you know you just feel bad for some of those people that get caught real deep in those rabbit holes.
0: Sure. Well, and like I, I talk about it quite a bit on the show. I got removed from Facebook back in uh, October of 2020. They removed me because I said something about, um, it, you know, the 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 pandemic may have been created in a lab in China. And they removed me, and I was gone for six months. And now it's like the approved narrative. Like they really, they talk about it in Congress. I mean, they're like, you know, maybe this thing <laughs> got out of a lab in China. It's like you guys removed me from Facebook for an eleven-year-long profile on Facebook. You removed it because I said the same thing. You know, it's 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 you know, you've you've been pretty outspoken about uh, communism, uh, especially. I've seen you. I've seen you make some some uh, some remarks. To, to communism and you know I'm a very staunch anti-communist and and uh do, do you I mean do you think that that's what this is do you think this is a big agenda to, to push more communism uh, around the world in this globalist globalist sorry I had to do it my Alex Jones voice uh agenda
1: well it's not looking good I mean look the all I'm seeing is the middle class being eroded um completely throughout this pandemic um you know people that once had that dream of owning their own home in their backyard and that was enough for them in life. I think those, those dreams are being taken away. What I'm seeing is you've got an elite, you look at um, the elite and the wealthy, you look at their businesses and their interests and their investments have grown a staggering amount um, over the last two years. Like it's insane. Amazon, you know, zoom, um, blah, 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 social media platforms, um, killing it. Right. And then you've got the middle-class, which is generally small business owners. They're, they're absolutely being pillaged. Right. So their business has gone under, I know a lot of people that are, that that run cafes and restaurants. They're trying to just stay open with takeaway only at the moment. The only reason they they do that is they tell me, I'm like, you can't be making money from this. Like, no, we're not making money, but it it, it stops me from having to fire someone. I don't have to, I can keep my staff employed. We're basically, we're net minus probably a couple of thousand dollars each month, but at least it keeps my doors open. I don't have to fire someone. That can only last for so long. So I'm seeing, you know, the low the low end people are falling more into that low end bracket, um and that middle class is getting eroded. So that, that can be looked upon as, as you know, communist style um tactics where you you have you have the elites that control everything and then you have, you know, the the, the subclass that are just um have to wait for their <laughs> rations, quote unquote, or their or their money or their um you know, benefits or whatever from government. And then, then they're at complete control of the government because then it's like, if you don't do X, Y, Z, you don't get your payment in the bank or you don't get your, so there are some parallels there. And, and I think, um, you know, my family, I'm not sure my history, my family, my, my, my grandparents and parents escaped, um, communist Yugoslavia many, many years ago, um, for a better life in Australia. And I speak to them and that's what I always tell people, like, don't take my word for it. Don't take your word for it. Go and speak to someone who's, whose parents or grandparents actually escaped commun- a communist regime. So it could be, you know, for, you know, whatever former USSR, it could be wherever it is right um, Yugoslavia, um, some of the um, South American pro- um, countries go and talk to them and ask them um, if they see any parallels to what they've done with COVID restrictions and, and all these, all these laws and mandates to what, what, what they experienced in their life. And you'll get a pretty, pretty shocking answer because i know for one my grandmother is like ptsd she's like this is exactly how it kind of started now i'm not saying it's going to get to the extremes that we saw in, in nazi germany and whatnot um you know you don't want to go to those extremes but they start those those ideals started um with just everyday ideals that were like oh it's not so bad you know oh it's not so bad um and i think that's what my grandma's like i've seen this story before like we had the same kind of stuff implemented where you're walking down the street and the cop can say hey Are you five kilometers from your home or more? Are you over five kilometers from your home? Let me see your ID. You're just walking down the street, minding your own business. Hi, kid.
0: down at
1: tsidpod.com or wherever you get podcasts that's tsidpod.com because the system is down and truth is taking over um we're at that point we're at a point in australia where i don't know if you know too much about here but as soon as one state gets three or four cases all the other states lock their borders so we're, we're essentially living in seven seven odd, odd countries right. in a country so i can't just get on a plane now and fly to sydney i got to go through all this bullshit uh, to potentially have to do a two week quarantine just to travel state to state They're blocking the road borders to cars. Um, so, you know, that's, that's very similar to what we saw with checkpoints for where are your papers. And when you, when you make these comparisons, people say you're a conspiracy theorist, you're an idiot, you're crazy. Talk to someone that escaped those regimes and, and see what they tell you. If they tell you online, then I'll go on record and apologize, but I don't think they will
0: yeah absolutely and and it's funny because I, I I was making this compar- comparison the other day uh, with with the people in Florida. One of the reasons Florida is the way it is is because there's so many immigrants from socialist countries they they literally came to Florida to get away from the stuff that we're seeing all over the United States and Australia and Canada, especially. Um, and, uh, you know, that's one of the reasons why they have the, the government that they do in Florida, because they don't want to be anything like, you know, the the place they floated away from on trash heaps uh, to, to get away from, you know. And, and so it, especially people from Cuba, those are the people that really Cuba and South America, there's a lot of people from those countries. That you need to talk to. That you need to understand that they've been through what you're pushing for. And uh, it's not good. You know, when, when we start seeing this, especially in America, we're seeing this, you know, this rush to inflation and this hyperinflation that could, could be possibly on, on, on the, uh, the horizon for us. And you can just look, uh, you know, to, to South America and see what happens when, when you end up there. You know what I mean? Like the, the people at the top are going to stay rich. They're going to get even richer. And everyone else is going to be poor. And we're all going to be poor together while they eat cake. You know, it's, it's yeah, exactly insane. right. I mean,
1: I am seeing. I think a loaf of bread in Australia in, in five years is going to be $20 the way things are going. Like it's the, the inflation, uh, one, one crazy thing is here though, like our property, uh, prices just continue to continue to go through the roof. Yeah. So what's that, t- what's that telling you? Like the everyday family can't even get in the market anymore um you know so it just seems like the elite and, and people with money and, and and wealth are buying up all these properties um as investment properties and what, not competing in the market for everyday people and they're going to rent it back to those people um at an even higher rate you know so it's, it's interesting what it's doing i mean i know you guys over in the us I've, i saw the videos i don't know how it is now but people filling up their pickup trucks with fuel at one point you know because the fuel prices there were just so crazy but scary times, you know, there's logistical issues all over the world right now. There's the famous vision from a couple of days ago of, of all the boats, all the shipping containers just sitting out in the coast of California. Um, we're seeing similar things here where there's some supply chain issues at times. Um, you know, it's just gonna kind of be interesting to see if it ever gets to a point where there's where there's somewhat food shortages and and all those kind of things and and you know, are you gonna be paying fifty dollars for a piece of steak or a piece of fish? And right. that's when that's when the real real interesting times are gonna start because you know, for everyday people, I mean, if they can't afford to go into a grocery shop, um, you know, you could see you could see some catastrophic catastrophic things happening um, in everyday society on the streets. Sure, sure.
0: So, okay, so let's talk a little bit more about the NBA. We 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 have seen quite a few uh, players come forward, and there's this whole hubbub around Kyrie Irving, of course. Uh, so stating that he would rather not take the millions of dollars and, and not get the vaccine which you know there it's a very split audience in the united states of course there's half the people are like cheering him on the other half of the people are like oh he's a bad example and this and that do you think there's a lot more people in the NBA and I mean any either, either some of the uh including some of the other world leagues like Nbl and stuff like that i mean is there is there uh is do you think that there's a lot of people out there that are just being quiet but still have these same feelings like like Kyrie and, and others
1: Oh, no doubt. No doubt. No, there's no doubt about that. Um, there's a lot of people that just strategically have to keep quiet. They don't want that heat. Um, I don't buy the NBA's 95% um, uh, of their players are vaccinated. I don't buy that for a minute. Um, not buying it at all. Um, you know, I think it's it's much lower than that, but that's a story for another day. But yeah, look, I mean, it's just one of those things. It's, it's, it's like anything. I, I, I don't, you know, whether you... Agree or disagree with Kyrie's stance, I think you should you should support his right to have it, um, and that's my argument. That's like you know, you might not agree with what he's saying or doing uh, for whatever reasons. Um, you might say he's a conspiracy theorist. He once talked about flat Earth. Whatever you, however you want to put it in your brain that you don't like him, that's once that's a separate issue. Put in that bucket. The other issue is that you should support his right to make a decision. Um, he's living by the consequences of that decision. You um, can't play right now at home, um, which is. You know, it's theatrics, if you can call it that, because there's, from what I understand, road road players that are unvaccinated can play in those cities. Home players can't. So it's like, do the math. He, he can still practice in a practice facility with all his teammates. Um, Devils advocate he has the virus, goes and practices with all his teammates. They go and go to an arena. What's you know are they are they potentially then spreading it to the arena anyway? So it is this big risk. So it obviously is a it's a mandate that's that's you know, making you conform and he's pushing back and he has every right to In my opinion, people hate me for saying that, but I believe he has a, he has a right to make his own decision. Now people are saying he's doing it for clout. People are saying he's, he's, you know, his comments were recently that he's doing it for the everyday people that are are put into a position without the choose job or vaccine. And and they don't know what to do and they're stuck and they're losing their job. He he said, he's doing it for that. You can only take a man for his word. But there's people now saying, "Oh, it's just a it's a cop out because he really doesn't want the vax." Well, whatever it is, it's his decision, um, and I support whatever he wants to do. Um, I also support that if tomorrow he wakes up and says, "I want to get the vax now," I'll support that. It's his decision. Um, at the end of the day, I'm not going to tell him what to do. But the the way it's become so toxic now, um, where he's this and he's that and he's labeled as a bad guy, it just is a it just shows where we are as a society. Um, you can't make your own decisions. You have to follow the herd and follow what what is what is um, mainstream. And um, I think it's just a shame that we're at that point in society.
0: Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. It's funny when. You know, when when a, a a famous person or athlete or or actor or something like that comes out in support of the the mainstream narrative, uh, they're hailed as heroes. And when somebody comes out, you know, and says, "Well, I think that maybe you know we should think about this and do it this way," uh, they're Im- immediately trashed and everyone tries to cancel them. And um, not to mention, I, I believe like uh, they they said something like seventy eight percent of his team has already had COVID. So it's like, what's what's yeah, the yeah. point?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, Brad, Bradley Bill said the same thing. He said, why would I, why would I get the vaccination? I've had, I've had COVID and it didn't really mess me about too much. And I've got the antibodies and I'm, I'm back in my immune system, but Oh no, you can't do that. No, no, no. You, that's not science. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's all into, all into vaccine. And to your other point, I, I can tell you there's a, there's a lot, there's a lot, I don't know what I can't give you a number, but there's, there's more than not that, are that have these, um, behind closed doors. You know, I, I've seen it firsthand, you know, um, I did, I did stuff on TV here during the Olympics and, you know, some of the, the TV presenters that i would cross paths within the hallways and whatnot, um, that are on social media, pushing, you know, mask shaming people and doing all those things. I'd see them with their masks off in the studios, you know? So like, Behind closed doors, um, the conversations are much different. I know some of these players would get memos from their agents, from their teams, from management saying, hey, don't comment on these issues. Don't give your opinion. Just say no comment or, or whatever it is, or just give this standard answer. Most guys will do that because they don't want to lose their livelihood. I don't blame them. Um, you got to understand that's their decision as well. That we got to respect their, their their way of life. But um, behind closed doors, it's a completely different conversation uh, for the most part. Most of the guys that are – out there gung ho on certain things. Um, and I've come to learn that in all aspects of pro sports and Hollywood and celebrities that I've mixed with is once those cameras and microphones are gone, their opinion changes on a lot of things. And that's why I'm outspoken. Um, I'm what you see is what you get and I'm hated for it, but I don't want to be one of those people that has one message and one push when the cameras are on. And then when it's off, it's like, Oh, glad I did that. Like it's a load of shit, but I really believe X, Y, Z. Um, what you see right now is they're my beliefs.
0: Yeah, well, I'll tell you, there's a lot of us that don't hate you for it, man. We we really appreciate that. Um, you know, there are people who are high visibility who are willing to stand up because you know, people like me, I got, I got I'm a, a sole provider for nine people. You know what I mean? I got seven children, and uh, and, and at some point, I'm sure my livelihood's going to be threatened, and I'm going to have to make some kind of stand on my own to to protect myself and my children. And and it's like it's like uh, you know, it's good to see people that you know are are high visibility standing up and saying these things because without you you, nobody's going to care about us, you know what I mean, at all. So it's it's good. It's you're, you're doing yeah. something that we appreciate.
1: I get I get shit for that. Like it's like it's like kind of funny because um first I got you know shut up and dribble. Then I'm getting um, these are these are from the ten percent of people. Let's be honest, and they, it feels like it's a hundred percent of people if you go on social media, but it's really not. Um, I get shut up and dribble. Then I get shut up. You're a washed up athlete. You're just trying to stay in the limelight um oh it's easy for you to make these messages because you're a millionaire i'm like you, you you're all all those all those people that say that are making my point i should I, I should essentially be happy to just ride off into the sunset got my nice house bridges full no mortgage you know kids are healthy just keep my mouth shut but i'm doing this because like i've said this a million times i was that i was that kid that i would be given the stay at home message to at one point you know with a working class family like hey stay at home <laughs> Can't put food on the table. Too bad, there's a virus out there. I would've been that kid. So I was like, I'm not. I'm not doing that. And it's just funny that people, you know, as soon as you don't toe the line of of, of what they what they want, then you know, oh, sh- shut up and dribble and all that kind of stuff. And you're like, okay, that that's fine. But how how is that having an adult debate? Like, I can we can agree to disagree on things, but it's just so frustrating that people think that you know, um, I'm, I'm losing net on this, on these kind of comments and this kind of commentary. Like I'll, I'll am lo- losing marketing deals, speaking gigs and I, I don't give a shit. It's like, I don't want to work with people that are fake like that. And I can't work in those fake industries anyway, cause I'll, I'll eventually get spat out cause I'll, I'll say what I think. Right. But for the people out there that are, um, you know, really go after me for it. It's just, it's just absolutely comical. But the, the other thing I'd finish with that is my real litmus test is when I'm out and about in the community. Um, I've yet to have one person come up to me and say, or have the balls to say what the, what I hear on social media. Um, not one, not one, right? Now, no, I don't know if that's because they're, they're intimidated by my size or, you know, they're usually just sitting in their mum's basements in their underwear. But I've had a shitload of people come up to me and shake my hand and just say, thank you. Like, we really appreciate you voicing our concerns. Uh, we don't always agree with everything you say, but we, we appreciate that you get back in small business and people that don't have a voice. That means a lot more to me than, um, than all those idiots on social media. In fact, I've had government... Which is which blew my mind. I, I had government, um, people that work for the government, actually, I'm pretty anti-government for the most part right now with what's going on here. I had people that work for government actually come up to me and say similar things, and I'm like, dude, you could be fired if they found out you were talking to me like this. And they are like, nah, we really appreciate it because we, we have no voice. Um, so I'll continue to do it. I don't care um, about those those naysayers online. And, yeah, I just hope um, it, gives, it gives people, you know, that are really struggling and battling somewhat of a voice to, to keep on going.
0: I was, uh, wait a minute andrew are you telling me that nike has not come to you to give you any kind of <laughs> any kind of deals for uh, a believe in something campaign is that what you're telling
1: me <laughs> i was once a nike athlete actually funnily enough once a, <laughs> once a nike athlete um but yeah man nah, it's, it's kind of strange i mean i probably don't have the right hashtag i can help them promote um right. but you know they probably have to clean up some of their own mess with how uh, a lot of their gears made i think in um in china and whatnot when they when they want to spout all these uh you know, hashtags uh, when they're using slave labor to make their goods it's kind of contradictory to what they're saying.
0: Well, you know, maybe, you know, maybe uh, uh, Under Armour will, will hook you up with something. I know they they did Steph when he, they wouldn't he, they wouldn't, uh, you know, uh, exude his principles. So um, but uh, so what was, I was I was going somewhere. God, I, I hate when I lose my train of thought. Um, but yeah, it, it was uh, it's, it's pretty funny to see that, you know, those same people who are telling you to shut up and dribble and. And, uh, uh, um, you know, talking all the shit online to you and stuff. And those are the same people that were mad at the other people telling, uh, you know, a certain uh, uh, pro yeah. football player to shut up and play football. So it it really just comes down to, to they're, they're saying something that, that you're saying something that they don't want to hear. And and. Uh, and you know, you're challenging their worldview, man. It's really what it is. It's what it is at the end of the day. So um, but you know, we, we're we're getting close to this thing, but let's talk I want to talk a little more uh basketball. I want to talk what what was it like playing with Steve Kerr? Uh playing under Steve Kerr because he's amazing. I, I, I like him, but I know that he can he could be a little emotional in, in the uh in in the news media sometimes and stuff. I mean, was it was it pretty pretty challenging sometimes or what?
1: No, look I out of all respect for Steve. I think Steve um really changed who we were as a, as a team and really, um, you know, he just basketball wise, he didn't come in and try to change the world. We were, we were still a pretty successful team before he took over as coach. Right. So he understood that some coaches would have an arrogance of coming in saying, well, we're going to change everything. X, Y, Z. We're going to do this differently now. Um, he came in and understood, you guys are really good at this already, but here's a few small tweaks for each of those. And he made those small tweaks to win a championship. Um, as far as, you know, he's, we, we probably disagree on a lot of things politically and, and, um, socially. Right. Um, but we never, never, never had an issue. Um, we never had an issue at all. Um uh, it was a working relationship. I've got a lot of time respect for Steve and yeah, it was ne- ne- never really came up. Um, but even if it was I'd hold my position, I'm sure he would, but we could, I believe that if we sat and had a debate about something, we could leave it as adults. And that's why I really like Harrison Barnes. Why I brought his name up was cause, you know, we've had some, some pretty, um had discussions on different things um whether it be race whether it be religion whether it be whatever right stuff socially and coming from australia i've got a different world view and, and and you know harrison grew up in iowa and, and then went to north carolina he has a different view and at times he said things to me where i was like oh that, i never really thought of it from that perspective and it kind of changed my mind a little bit and vice versa right and that's that's what we've lost in society it's like can you not be adults and actually have a discussion? You might hear something that you don't like, but let's 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 dig into you know, why do you think that? What are your what experiences to to bring you to that opinion? Um, we don't have those. Like straight away, like oh, you're this, you're that, you're in this box, right? <laughs> and that's why you know I I really enjoy being around Harrison. But Steve, I had no issues with. Um, he's outspoken, um, and he has every right to be. You know, he's going to deal with the brunt of the pros and cons of being outspoken, just like I do on the other side.
0: Sure, sure, absolutely. Yeah. I actually live in Iowa now. Uh and and it's a it's a great place. I I <laughs> I, I fled California uh March of 2020. 5 minutes. I, I my flight left at 11:55 p.m. and at midnight they started the 24-hour lockdowns uh last March So oh, I, wow. I mean, I really I got the hell out of here, came to stay with my fiance. Now we have seven kids. So life's a lot different than it used to be, but it, we we've been really lucky in the in the corn state, man. You know what I mean? They uh they they just haven't seven
1: been Seven kids. please, and there must well, must be a whole lot you and I were if you've got
0: seven kids. <laughs> uh, summer summer uh, uh, we took on uh, that weren't ours, and and she had a couple. I had one. Then we had a new one, and then one of them was my grandbaby. So it it, it happened really fast over a okay. year. And um, but uh, but it is a good place to live because they haven't. They just you know they had a mass mandate for like a week. Uh, I think they put the restaurants to. capacity for about three or four Days it seemed like and that was it Uh, we got Really lucky here but uh it's It's been nice but um before we go Let's let's talk uh what Are some of your do you have any favorite stories From playing the nba that you could bring up
1: Oh man it depends what What route you want to go um but I mean we've had everything from Almost being in plane crashes To you know Games canceled to Seeing teammates of mine be extorted by people, um, by women, uh, I've, I've got, you know. <laughs> oh, dude. I,
0: I can only imagine. That's
1: something, that's yeah. something
0: that uh, I don't think a lot of people understand that. He's, you know, it always seems to be the really big name that you hear about this happening to, but I'm sure it's a common occurrence, you know. Oh,
1: yeah. no. It's, it's – yeah.
0: <laughs> College girlfriends <laughs> and stuff like that. You know, I I'm a nobody. I have a small show. I I ran for chairman of the Libertarian National Committee a couple of times. Uh, I've sat on the National Committee, but I've had people come forward and say all kinds of crazy shit about me too, and try and extort me to get me to re- drop out of mm-hmm. races and all. And I'm a nobody, man. You know what I mean? So I can only imagine.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, i was more more towards to money, like just just girls setting guys up, but then you were married or had a girlfriend or whatever, and. I've seen some crazy shit, man. Like it's, you know, um, to the point where people have asked for, for cash payments behind the bus before they get on their bus to go to the arena. And they won't, they won't say X, Y, Z, you know, just all that kind of stuff. And you're just like, man, there's, there's just some scummy people out there that, that, um, will will go to all kinds of lows, um, to, to extort you, you know? And, and then on top of that, you got agents and friends and family doing, doing similar things. You just hear, you hear some crazy, crazy stories that, you know if you, like i said if you if you re- relay those stories people wouldn't believe them like you, you you struggle to write a hollywood script with what 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 some of these stories entail um and and you know it's just it's just crazy crazy times in, in pro sports
0: yeah and then there's just you know I, I there's always been the the propensity for all kinds of crazy stories in pro sports and and even in college sports too i was watching uh uh they have this new like documentary show on netflix and it was about the the point shaving taking place uh in basketball when i was a young kid man it's just crazy to hear that whole story you know what i mean i don't know oh
1: yeah no yeah i mean i watch all those they look really good actually but yeah it's there's there's a lot of like i think of the craziest story you've heard from pro sports in the media and it's probably watered down you know somehow it's, it's it's you know like um it's tenfold usually some of the some of the shit that goes on hotel rooms and road trips and whatever. And, um, but I guess, I guess the one funny thing um, that I've t- I'll speak to you with was, um, just flying private or chartered with the NBA, Right. So you come from college where we flew commercial, uh, flown commercial all my life. And I still remember the first flight I got on, you know, there's these tables set up with lobster and prawns. Like it's all high end stuff, right? And you're just like, Holy shit, it's a whole other world. But what killed me was, um, Taken off. There's like no rules on charter flights, right. like, At all. So, you know, my first flight, I sit down, I put my seatbelt on, tray table away. <laughs> you know, sitting up straight, and um, I'm looking around, and there's like a do to sleep with your seat reclined all the way. There's guy with the tray table out. Our trainers walking up and down the aisle during takeoff and landing this guy's sleeping on the floor and I'm just looking around like what the hell, you know, and I'm looking, waiting for the stewardesses to say something. Sorry. Flight attendants these days can't say stewardesses. Yeah. Careful um, buddy. Careful. And I'm like, I'm, I'm like, holy shit. Like this is crazy. Like, so basically it's, it's a free for all. You can walk into the cockpit, sit with the pilots for a couple of hours and chew the fat talk shit with them. Go back here, play cards, boom, there's boom boxes. Sometimes guys blast the music. <laughs> just like, what the hell? So then after a whole season of that, I think get on a flight to fly home to Australia and you forget. And then you're like, put your tray table back. Put your seat forward. What are you doing, sir? Put, tighten that seat belt. And you're just like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> so it just makes you, makes, you, makes you realize like, you know, similar to mandates with coronavirus, like the plane, all the plane rules, you're like, does that really matter if we're going down at the end of the day? Probably not. Like, you know, um, if we start going down and I tighten my seat belt, probably not going to do a whole lot. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, man, I just remember... Being on the, on those flights The ship flying everywhere There's bags rolling down the aisles And I was just like Whoa That's wild this is, man This is a whole other whole world Yeah
0: I got a pretty I got a pretty cool story I, uh, Real quick before we go I uh Uh, Every year on Christmas Eve, it was always a ritual. My brother and I, who's not my real brother, but I call him my brother. We've been best friends since we were born. We would go out to the city. We'd go out to San Francisco and party because uh, he didn't really do a lot of family shit. And so uh, I'd spend time with my family. We'd both spend time with my family on on Christmas Eve. And then we'd go out to San Francisco and find whatever bars were open. And one year we went to the Fillmore Bar. Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it was on the Fillmore and uh, there was like maybe twelve people in there drinking, you know. And then uh, Beatriz and and Bellinelli walk in with like this <laughs> train of women. It's just a train of women. And I think this was right after uh, uh, he, he had just. Uh, Updated his contract or something He got a bunch of money He was driving like a fan, yeah. Like a phantom or something It was insane And so My brother who Is an even bigger Golden State Warriors fan Than I am I mean I'm, I'm a huge This guy's obsessive he, he was begging me To come on the show And all the shit And But uh, um, He's like, dude, we we got to go talk to him. We got to go talk to him. I was like, all right, cool. So we go up there. They start buying us shots. Everyone's taking shots. And then they're like, we're going to go back to this house. I, I wasn't drunk or anything, but we're going to go back to this house for this after party. You guys can come. And so I hop in. I have like a little Audi, and I'm trying to keep up with this guy in the rain in San Francisco. And I ended up wrecking my car, trying to get to an after party with a couple wow. of words. Not bad. I just, I just messed up the, uh, the uh, axle. But uh <laughs> Funny story, I'll never forget it. We took my my buddy Richard, who passed away a couple of years. He was out with us that night too, and and turned into this whole story. Everybody was always wanting to hear about it, but uh, yeah, I almost got to party with some 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 warriors one year, but uh, almost, yeah, almost. So you got a podcast out now? What's that about? Uh, what do you got going on there, man?
1: Yeah, at Road Bogues um, on all social platforms. We. I do a bunch of stuff, man. Um, I've tried to do a, a bunch of different series within the podcast. So we have a weekly basketball show. We just talk shit about um, myself and a guy named Mike Procopio from Dallas, a former assistant coach and scout in the NBA. We just talk shit about the happenings of the NBA. I kind of relay real-world stories with what's going on. Um, I also do a My Journey podcast, which is my journey. Um, I want to do an autobiography, What a, what a book would be like, in podcast form. So, um, basically episode one is my childhood, episode two is my teenage years. And then it just, just keeps going chronologically up until retirement. So I'm, I'm at episode nine, which is my rookie year. I'm, I'm about to do another one, which is my second year and it'll just continue on. So that's pretty cool. Um, I also do a car chat. So I'm a car guy. So I've got a friend of mine. That's passionate about cars. We just discuss the current car m- market monthly in the world in australia and then i also do in conversation series which i guess is a to what you do um which i just try to get guests on from all walks of life doesn't have to be basketball can be celebrities non-celebrities even just you know people in, in the local community that are doing great things and just have an open discussion for an hour two hours three hours however long it takes whatever direction it goes i don't care just loving to get to know people so um, I'm working on, you know, getting a studio, I'm kind of doing it from my house at the moment, which makes things hard, but um working on getting a studio and getting it set up all proper. So that's exciting. But yeah, just, I just enjoy talking to people and, and, and hearing their stories, um, hearing about how they came to where they are and the ups and downs of their journey and things they wouldn't really know rather than just the generic, you know, um, well, you're a great player. Tell me what was your favorite game. You know what I mean? So right. um, they're kind of the four we're doing right now. Um, and it's, yeah, it's been enjoyable so far. We just hit, I think we're not we're not professional like you. We don't have the video. We're just audio only at the moment. Um, we'll get to the video one day, but we do audio only for the podcast. We just hit half a million listens um, in less than a year, which I had a goal. I've got a goal for a million, um, and I think I'm just going to fall under that by the end of the year, unfortunately, but I'm trying to get close to it. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's been good. It's going well, and people seem to enjoy it. We, we're interactive with the basketball podcast as well. We have fans jump online via the calling app. So they can actually jump on and ask questions live on air um, and be involved with the show as well. So it's pretty interactive and people have enjoyed it for the most part.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah, I I just hit... uh... Over a little over 200,000 uh, listens and views now and I started in March so uh, I, I and and so you're you're def- my uh, my audio part portion of this podcast is in the top 10% of podcasts worldwide So you got to be up there man. You got to be doing good
1: <laughs> Yeah, doing all right. You're all right. Yeah, we're getting them out there It's just you know, if you you want to try and set yourself a goal It's probably not attainable or close to but you want to try and hit for it So that's kind of how I said it and We'll get close to it but then um i think once the studio set up man and i can actually set it up properly and, and have this kind of set up with the camera and everything i think it'll it'll go even better but yeah at Bogues on all social media platforms we've got an instagram page um, twitter youtube and we're basically on all all your platform um podcast platforms worldwide so check it out
0: nice man well hey i really appreciate you coming on and by the way this is this is not a studio this is my basement i share this with my children <laughs> oh, do you? yeah man. Good, man. yeah I, good. I i just uh you know a lot i put in a lot of time on youtube researching, trying to figure out how to set <laughs> something up and there's a barbie dream house right behind the computer where you're you're facing me from so uh do you do all your own editing you do
1: all your own editing and everything
0: yeah so do i you... actually don't edit this this is just live um and it goes directly to to youtube oh. and then um i it also goes uh directly to odyssey because odyssey does like an auto sync thing now which is you know where i'll be when youtube inevitably kicks me off forever uh but but no i don't do any editing i i just started learning how to do um uh, adobe premiere pro because my fiance is doing a youtube yeah. channel and hers aren't live so i've been you know le- learning how to do video editing and it is hard it's fucking it's fucking hard to do man
1: it's not easy at all it's hard, yeah, yeah i got someone that does it i got someone that does it. my edits on the podcast just just filling in the dead space and if we say something stupid live on air, we can kind of um, edit it out. But, yeah, I'm, sure. I'm not I'm not, about to try to learn how to do that. It's, that's too much, too much time today.
0: Dude, it is hard, especially if you're trying to do as much as you're doing, man. Absolutely. Well, brother, I appreciate yeah. the shit out of you. You're amazing. Thank you for being a voice for all of us who are – relative nobodies dude uh and thank you for all the great work you did in the nba thank you for uh being part of the team that gave me my first exciting championship uh, i really <laughs> appreciate that dude it was like what 32 years i waited or something like that man it was pretty pretty dope and i you know i've been watching basketball since well before latrice uh, uh, spreewell was on the, on the on the on the warriors so we're talking it's been a long time back in the Mullen era i think is when i when i really first started watching Golden state warriors so um, but yep. thank you thank you for everything you're doing I look forward to checking out your show more I hope more, more people here will check it out And uh, I hope you, you, you have a good time There in Australia and you can get out of it somehow <laughs>
1: Thank you, appreciate it Alright right,
0: guys Another awesome episode of Break Cycle uh, Andrew's so cool man Super down to earth, great guy, uh, great stories Go check him out, check out his podcast uh, Give the guy some, some play uh, and and check out mine too. You know, if you, if you got, if you're here from Andrew's uh, channel or Twitter, please hit subscribe. Check out our shows we got live shows five nights a week Monday through Friday. For now, uh, I, I may have to make a couple of changes there, um, but we are currently doing five shows a week. I'm back to lives now that I've taken a uh, week long hiatus to to take my kids on a trip. Um, also, check out my sponsor of course toplopsa.com, the man, the myth, the legend, my good friend and partner on Break the Cycle, where you can get this great Scott Horton in the Wars hoodie that I'm wearing today by Using BTC at checkout for a 10% discount, or you can join the, the Patreon subscribe star, or become a member of the YouTube channel here for five bucks a month. Get all kinds of other perks, but you also get into a private Discord server with the great people. I mean, there's like 100 people in there now, uh, and you get all of Top Lops's new gear up to two weeks early at like a 10% discount uh, or 30% discount there. So it's really worth it um, if you're one of the smaller tier members on one of my subscription channels. Uh, It's really paying for itself if you're buying Top Lobster gear. And, of course, executive producers of the show, AnthemPlanning.com for all your emergency and crisis planning needs. Check them out today. See what they can do for your business, home, or personal life. They're doing a wonderful job that the government has historically sucked at much cheaper and much more efficiently. Seriously, if you own a business, go check them out right now. You're you're not going to be disappointed, I promise you Uh, Guys, coming up on the show this week uh, Before we take off, let me see I haven't had a lot of time to get all of the planning together Um, I know Top Lobster really just got the show scheduled today So that's why we don't have all the drawings up But they will be up soon uh, Tomorrow on the show, we're gonna have Shocker Khan, the Black Mutualist, calls me out on YouTube all the time about all kinds of things. I'm gonna bring him on. We're gonna have a discussion, see what he's uh, what his feelings are hurt about, see if we can work some of this stuff out. Um, I know it's not, you know, it's not gonna be like the John Hudak episode. I'm not bringing him on to to rail him and and and, and kick him off and bring on Tower Power Hour. It's gonna be a real episode, and um, I'm looking forward to talking with the guy because I actually do like some of his his stuff. I think we just disagree on a lot of stuff, so hopefully we can come to some conclusion on a few things. Uh, On Thursday I'm going to have Amy Lepore and Bill Hines The uh, chair of the Libertarian Party of Delaware On uh, And uh, the the rightful chair of the Libertarian Party of Delaware We're going to talk about all that kind of stuff If you're into the inside politics Baseball uh, politics of the Libertarian Party. You'll you'll want to be there for that. And then Friday, uh, very excited for the show. Jody Plache will be on the show. The son of Gary Plache, uh, the author of Why Gary Why. Um, he's going to talk about his uh, his journey to being an advocate for victims as he was a victim of. Uh, uh, sexual abuse as a child. His father murdered the man who abused him, uh, live on the news uh, from a payphone in Louisiana while the man was being taken into custody. Uh, you've probably seen the clip. It's a. Uh, it's pretty. It's pretty well known. Uh, happened in the '80s. I'm very excited for the show. He's got a book out called "Why Gary Why." It's going to be a lot of fun, uh, and we're going to talk about some very serious topics and uh, see where he falls on that stuff, man. So I'm excited for it. I will see you guys tomorrow for the show. Chakra Khan, the Black Mutualist. I'm very excited for that. I hope you guys uh, have a great week. Until then, don't forget to break the cycle.
1: Have to explain the lyrics of my last song they seem to contain violence, all the action in the verse and the frame But I just meant it in Minecraft The helicopter part was in reference to GTA 5 and the things you do So when you violence you commit I am not an excuse Cause I just meant it in Minecraft but is my friend and he's constantly cold Accusations of incitement getting totally old Make your own choices, yeah, you have control Because I just banned it in Minecraft Obviously, I would never advocate force Unless it's due process and a trial, of course And if you're convicted, we will make you a corpse In Minecraft, just in Minecraft there nothing, I mean, you know it the product is cause the clothes COVID. Holy I think I'll throw in my in my